Welcome to the Mike on Much Podcast. I am your host, Mike Veerman. We're here with our friend and trusted producer, Max Kerman. We also have our pop culture aficionado, Shane Cunningham. Listeners, we are recording this only a day or two before Christmas. If you celebrate, happy holidays. If you do not... If you don't, fuck you. Ooh. Wow, Max, coming in hot. Wow, divisive right off the top. Uh, There's that holiday cheer and spirit. Guys, how you doing? Shane, how you doing? You look a little festive, Shane. You're wearing a red I am. I'm flannel. not feeling festive. I got a booster, so the booster effects have, have come on me. Mm, congrats. That sounds weird. The booster effects have come on me? <laughs> no, yeah. <laughs> Get it however you can. Uh, I, I am also boosted. Max, are you part of the Boosty Club? What's the Today, uh, 5.30. Oh, uh, okay. stand in line. Very excited about it. Yeah. Beware, man. If you're getting Moderna, try to fight for Pfizer. Less less side effects. <laughs> when I went, they were only giving it to people thirty and under. Mm. Oh, I did. I, I oh, I mentioned there was a Mike on Much fan. That was I, I gave my health card too. Well, tell the listeners this is this is a good story for the listeners. We've yeah, all talked about this, but, but Shane, walk us through your booster experience. I so I walk into the boosty place, booster juice. N- no, the whatever it was, West Fifth. I went where you went. What is that place? <laughs> so I walked in, and there was a place where you have to hand your health card to someone. And there was a younger woman there accepting my health card. And I was thinking it was weird. Like I'm wearing a mask, but she seemed like in the Mike on much demo, the Arkells kind of demo. And then I gave her my health card. Her name was Alyssa, by the way, I remembered her name. She said, I have to say I'm a big Mike on much fan. And then she was like fanning herself and said, I'm kind of freaking out right now. (laughs) It was a cool moment. How did you react? Because you're famously awkward about this. Yeah, not, not well. And I just kind of basked in the fame of it all. And then Alex was <laughs> sitting beside me. And then I let it hang so it was a little bit awkward. And then Alex said, what, well, what's your name? And I, and I said, oh, I should have said that. Sorry. I was just like enjoying the this moment so much. And then we kind of had a laugh. <laughs> and then Alyssa said, oh, yeah, you do this family tree. And she she knew of Alex, too. So it was a good time. Well, shout out to listener uh, Alyssa for for doing the good work at the vaccine clinic. And she did uh, and a really good job she... of selling that she was impressed by my presence. I really like that. <laughs> <laughs> I really like that. <laughs> okay, can you walk us through that for anybody listening out there uh, that might meet Shane one day? Shane, what is the optimal way uh, for somebody to fawn at you? Uh, because mm-hmm. it, you know you're an awkward person. We want you to enjoy it. We don't want you to be stressed out <laughs> while you're being fawned over. So like, if, if for our yeah. listeners, if you ever see Shane, Shane, take it away. What is the best way to compliment Get really you flustered, make eye contact, act like, act like you're <laughs> melting down a little bit and you don't know what to do. Apologize to me. Like Alyssa played it perfect. That's the handbook. I really- Like cry? cry? No, what, that would, be, that would be too weird. But don't make it- sarcastic some people have come up to me in the past usually they're younger men and it's like oh my god it's shane i'm a shaniac and that doesn't flatter (laughs) me as much as the way Alyssa did it so make it legitimate you know how authenticity is so important on you know social media and all that it's like that be authentic Mm, i like that but if being authentic to your true self is being sarcastic and all that don't be that 
just (laughs) (laughs) make me feel like you're more nervous than me. And that almost puts me at ease. So, so when she was fawning over you and you let it hang there for a minute. So did you like say to yourself, like, I'm really enjoying this. And then Alex, you need to kind of snap you out of it. Like Shane, say something like, was it that dramatic? I didn't know how to play it. I was trying to think, how do famous people act in these situations? Cause I wanted to be as cool as possible. So I thought famous people play it nonchalant, act like they don't really care. And I just threw the funny remark of, oh, I'm just basking in this as my cool guy remark to make a little Mm. funny joke. Mm. That's how I played it. Nice. I like that. Hey, speaking of Shaniacs, though, um, the feedback on the line that you made fun of me so harshly for during the Mm Grey Cup performance, which is hit me on my two-way, which replaced who the fuck uses a payphone. Um, you, you put in the comments that you actually kind of enjoyed the performance. And then a Shaniac said, I gotta, I, I gotta agree with Shane. It's actually pretty good. Do you have any re- remarks for me now this week? You did a good job. You said it, that line perfectly. You said it as well as you could have. You said it cool. It was funny. There was mm. like a melody to how you said it. I don't mm. know. You were kind of like breathing out and said it subtly. It wasn't this, it didn't seem like a big rehearsed thing. I don't know. It was it was good. I take it. It was one of those lines. And someone said this in the comment section where on paper, it's not good. But in practice, it worked out really well. And that's the way I feel about it. That's my whole career, really. On mm-hmm. paper, I don't know. But in execution, maybe. That's know? the magic of Max. <laughs> that's your secret sauce. Well, thank you. Thank you for giving me my flowers. Uh, speaking of flowers, do, uh, Mike, do you listen to This Is Important podcast? I'm not. Workaholics, I- guys? I, I do on and off. I would say that like it's it gets in the rotation like once a month. I'm in the chat group where you guys go talk about it a lot. So I see that if something piques my interest in your guys sort of talking about it, I'll jump in if I have time. I honestly just I don't have time to add another podcast, but I do every once in a while jump in if you guys say something that makes me laugh. I'm like, oh, I kind of do want to hear that. So for our listeners, it's the cast of Workaholics. If you ever watch that show, plus the creator, their fourth best friend. There's three guys and the fourth is uh, Kyle. Um, and Shane, you, you're, you're up to date with that podcast, right? It's just them talking shit, uh, literally about nothing or whatever they're up to. It's, it's not that far off from this podcast. We're a little bit more serious than they are. They're mostly just riffing because they're all comedians. Uh, Shane, are you caught up, uh, with pod? I think so. I think for the most part, unless they released one yesterday. My question is, do you think, uh, Kyle not being on the show makes the show better? No. Interesting. I, I think it makes it better. Oh, sorry. I think you I just think agreed I... with Max. Max, you asked it very confusingly. Basically, Max thinks that Kyle, the fourth guy, him being gone improves the show. Shane, yeah. do you agree with that assessment? No. Him being on the show makes it better. There you go. Okay. Oh, okay. Interesting. Why Isn't that, that what we were just saying? But yeah, so you think him not being there is better. <laughs> <laughs> this is a good conversation, by the way. This pod could use Kyle to help clarify this Situation. The shorthand uh, okay. we have on this podcast is amazing. You the chemistry is wild. Friends forever. Yeah. <laughs> um, All right. So yeah, Shane, why do you think Kyle being there makes the show better? Well, sometimes having a foil or somebody who says stupider things, it's fun to make fun of. And Durs would be, I would say, more like our Sean Dawson in our group, where you make you say something, and then Sean will it'll open the door for Sean to tease you in a, with one of his funny little jabs. Without Kyle there, there's no, there's not as much opportunity to make fun of people. Ah, I see. Fair, the, fair there's a, the perfect chemistry with that, with Kyle. 
without its lacking. And Max, mm. why do you think it's better without him? I didn't think Kyle is just sort of a buzzkill. And like he's not the other three are on the same comedic level, even though they do different things. Like there's a, a fun to the three of them. Kyle is is a bring down. He he's always just like overly sensitive. Uh he's not as funny. I don't know. But by the way, if you're listening, Kyle, uh, I love your work. Would love to be part of your next project. <laughs> he, he's yeah. funny in a different way, I think. It's mm. it's hard to pinpoint, maybe unintentionally funny. But of the three guys, which one would you say is closest to you? Between Durs, Blake, <laughs> and what's the other one's name? Uh, Durs, Blake. Adam. Adam, Adam, Adam Devine. Of course, Adam Devine. He's yeah. arguably the most famous, yeah. Uh, who, oh, I don't know. Question. I don't think it's an argument. Who I'm the most like? No, no, I, I don't think it's an argument that Adam's the most famous. Adam Devine oh, is clearly sure. the most famous. By the way, we're just firing on all cylinders today, guys. We understand everything we're saying. We're right in the pocket. <laughs> it's the Zoom, ball's man. around. It's Zoom. <laughs> um, who, yeah, I, uh, who am I the most like? I think I'm some combination between Durs and Adam. I think I'm right in the middle of the two of them. Uh, what do you think, Shane? I think that's fair. Yeah, I was going to lean you slightly more Adam-y, but he's too goofy that in a way that you are not. And so yeah. I, I would say that's a fair assessment. I'd say 50-50 yeah. split between Adam and Durs. Mm-hmm. Who's Mike? Durs, I guess. Yep, he would be closest to Durs. Yeah. I know who I am. Do you know who I am? Are you Blake? Well, let's see who I'm no, I think you're smarter than Blake. I think you're quicker than Blake. I think you're some combination between Blake and Adam. I think I'm Blake. I think I'm a pure Blake. I don't know. Maybe that's just how I see myself. But in my mind, I, I fill the Blake void on this podcast. Oh, sure. that, that That's mm-hmm. fair. But I think you're a quicker comedian than Blake is. That's, really? That's, that's He's my, pretty good. Oh, yeah. No, wow. Not, you're, not, well, you're, be flattered. you're better. Yeah. Um, anyway, guys, this is a loose podcast. I sent a subjects about 15 minutes before we started rolling because it's basically Christmas and everybody's checked out, and, you know. Everybody's shutting things down. This thing is, you know, we're just, we're, we're trying to give people a Christmas gift, you know, or a holiday gift if you don't celebrate. It's like, here's the pod. Here, you know, it might be good, it might not. Maybe my brother shouldn't listen to this one. We've already sort of praised uh, uh, Max's ability to sort of make gold out of something that maybe isn't great on paper. Uh, we've talked about Shane's fame and being recognized. This is the sort of stuff that is going to turn Greg's stomach, who, by the way, Greg did listen to the last podcast and he agreed. He said, uh, it's cool. He's like, uh, sometimes a show like uh, Mike How Much just needs a villain and I'm happy to be that villain. However, this is the gift. This is the episode right before Christmas. Hopefully it comes out before the 25th. We'll see. Uh, we don't want to make Erica work on Christmas Eve, right? No, definitely. Okay, guys, I have a question for you because um, I just read this awesome article uh, in the Globe and Mail, the middle page spread by our friend Molly Hayes. Uh, it is about these community fridges uh, in Hamilton. There's three of them, I believe, uh, in sort of low-income neighborhoods. And basically you can drop off stuff. You can... Uh, Anybody can go into the fridge, grab whatever they need. It's sort of first come, first serve. There's not, it's not like a, I mean, there's a lot of organization that goes into it, obviously, but it's not like um, a bigger organization. It's, uh, it's just very community driven. Uh, And I was thinking, I was like, oh, that, that would be a better way to spend your time and your money contributing to something like that. And so I tweeted, I was like, "Ah, you know, instead of going Christmas shopping, why don't you just donate to this thing? And then, because I kind of believe that, I, I I, fucking hate Christmas shopping and I think there's too much junk and I think I generally feel better if I were able to 
you know, donate or know that my money that I could have spent $50 on some junk that will get tossed away it, to a charity. But am I ruining the Christmas spirit? Am I am I not giving enough sort of praise or value to the idea of gift giving? How should I, am I being too mean about like, fuck all your stupid material gifts. Just give the fucking money away to somebody who needs it. Or is it like, no, no, this is a time to celebrate each other. This is a time to be thoughtful to your loved ones and buying some stuff is also nice. Where do you guys stand on this? Well, the way you're wording it with all the swearing and whatnot, you want (laughs) us to say you're being so harsh on it. But I, I think you can reach somewhere in the middle, still donate to charities and give people gifts. Try not to buy junk that's going to be thrown out and try to spread joy through the gifts, thoughtful gifts. Yeah, I don't know. Like, man, the (laughs) the holidays are like, it is a weird thing because practically, like if you kind of step back and think about it, like what, what are we doing? What is this whole thing? Like, honestly, it's like, like you said, we're, we're giving each other gifts, like usually to people who don't, who can afford their own gifts if they're in your family. Like I get it from a kid perspective. It's really fun for kids. But like when you're like, when you get to our age, yeah, like so, so yeah, intellectually, I get what you're saying. And I, I tend to agree with you, but then there's something kind of magical about like, whatever this holiday spirit is and like what's anything what's a birthday like we we kind of as as a society or as humans we create these things in order to make life sort of more bearable for the other 365 days a year so yeah there is a certain element of christmas that feels like an obligation i hate that part the stress of is your christmas shopping done all the bullshit of the construct that totally sucks but when like the moment hits and it's christmas morning or you're having a drink with your friends and it's like the festive spirit and everybody's <laughs> singing that fucking mariah carey song and we're all a little bit drunk like that feels amazing and that doesn't happen without the big wind up and all of the sort of uh, the, the pageantry that comes with the holiday so yeah intellectually i know what you mean but i think the reason we do this as humans is to feel it's beneficial in some way there's That's Amazon Prime, though, really. Is there that much stress anymore? You don't have to go to a mall. You don't have to do anything. We're just pushing <laughs> buttons. Shit gets yeah. thrown on our porch and we hand it to our loved one. It's the stuff that they could have bought for themselves, but they wait and you buy it for them and they get you the stuff that you could have bought for yourself. It's just an exchange and an excuse to spoil spoil yourself if you're an adult, really. Yeah. Instead of you buying it for yourself, someone else gets it for you. Yeah, but a lot of times, like some people feel like the gift you're giving them is like is the idea that you know who they are. Like your gift is like it, it, your gift is representative of how invested you are, how well you know them, and that's a lot of fucking pressure. Like it'd be easy if I could just buy somebody Raptors tickets, like or something like. But it's like almost like the pressure of like, am I getting this person the right gift? I that that feels very heavy to me, and and some people don't give a shit it's fine but it's like that's the part that i don't like the pressure of you know what i'm you know what i'm saying like do you ever are you ever concerned shane with like the gift you have to get for a parent or alex or i mean the kids are easy at this age but i mean are you ever like am i getting the right gift yeah you just ask the spouse i ask my mom what to get my stepdad i ask my stepdad what to get my mom at, or i'll ask my sister what to get my mom i'll ask my mom what to get my sister it's it's very easy at this point are are the gifts actually good or are they like, oh, like, are they really sort of beloved ideas or are they like, oh, he likes a baseball hat. You're like, okay, he'll wear the baseball hat once and that's about sometimes, it. You, it I mean, depends. Like, it's sometimes you get a beloved gift and sometimes it falls flat, but I don't know. It's just, yeah, it's just nothing really matters. Who cares? Like, <laughs> nothing matters. Happy holidays. <laughs> yeah, that's the spirit. I will say, though, that... um 
uh, AJ, our, our our buddy AJ, gave me a Christmas gift. Uh, and also our, my buddy Brent gave me a Christmas gift. I did not get them yeah. anything. But uh, Brent got me this like a device for pour-over coffee, this like like clay-made, like really beautiful, because he knows I love doing pour-overs in the morning. And AJ gave me a pair of like Chuck Taylors with these cool like 80s workout socks because AJ's got great style. I was like, oh my God. So it was so thoughtful. Like I was, and I was really taken. I was like, oh my God, this means so much. So as I am shitting on this idea of giving gifts to each other, especially adults, I like, do I need another pair of shoes? Absolutely not. But the fact that AJ did that for me, I was really touched. <laughs> do you know See, what I mean? that I don't like. I don't like unexpected gifts from people who aren't supposed to gift you. Because you just feel bad. I don't feel good. <laughs> One yeah, grown it's man like, to hey, another. I know we've never done this in 35 years of knowing each other, but here's a gift today. And then you're caught there feeling awkward with nothing in your hand it's true it's true <laughs> i've never felt good at one of those hey listen i'm into it i'm into it aj pulled that shit with me before too by the way and it was terrible <laughs> <laughs> no aj is so thoughtful he got us he got us a housewarming gift back in the day he got he got winona a gift like for a birthday like he's a very thoughtful gift giver he's great but here's my question max you're describing a one-way street. Of course you like that he got you a, a cool pair of chucks. But what are you going to do to reciprocate? Mm. What, are you going to carry that weight now? What do you thought? Have you thought about what you're getting for AJ? And if you do reciprocate, it's just going to be looked at someone reciprocating only because you received a gift. It's not even going to be appreciated in the way you want it to be. In my mind, the way it, I, I've sort of justified this in my mind is that I think I pick up more bills than AJ mm -hmm. or Brent. And so I'm like, I'll just continue to like pick up more my like than my fair share of the bills, but I probably make a little bit more money than they do, at least at the moment. And I'm happy. And then they're like, sort of like, hey, here's the thing. I thought about you, and like just a little like wink. Thanks for being a gen. And by the way, if I if they're listening and I don't actually pick up more bills, and they're like, what the fuck is this guy saying? He's totally at the lunch. And I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> but but this gets back to what we're talking about like brent and aj put mm -hmm. real thought into the gift they got for you their friend they did you you get to continue on not thinking about anything other than just throwing a bit of money at it no but that's but, but here's the thing every i think brent actually enjoys and aj actually enjoys buying gifts i think some people like like the exercise of, of thinking about their friends being thoughtful making a day of it walking around town giving up i fucking hate that don't put that burn on me what i don't mind is is like oh if the bill comes out to 250 bucks and i gotta pick up half of it and, you know and i know by the way here's the thing the stress of going out to a bar and having to think oh fuck all these shots are being ordered uh somebody got the appetizers this is expensive i don't i, I and then and then you know the nut picks up more oh, thank god okay i don't have to do that the stress of like having to deal with like money in that regard uh, is the same as the stress for me having to go Christmas shopping. You know what I mean? They're both, they're both different types of stress. And so we, we help each other out uh, respectively. Right. You know what I'm saying? It's like, it's, he, he's I, no Mike, you know, I agree with what you're saying though. I think that it always comes down to like equity of like emotional investment. And, and by the way, I envy your, uh, 
you you've you've done very well at crafting your life into a way in which that you can streamline it into sort of like like you know they like you look at Inspector Gadget's closet and it's all the same clothes or that you read the thing about Mike, Mark Zuckerberg where he only wears hoodies so he doesn't have to think about what to wear that day. He's trying to cut down and thinking about that stuff uh, so that he can think about what really matters to him. I think that you've tried to shed anything in your life that ends up being something that like uh, is an undue burden, and so for you having to like spend. Uh, whatever it would take two hours to think about everyone on your list and what they truly would want. And by the way, I'm the same way. I don't, I don't like that burden either. Um, so I get it, but you're trying to act like one thing's equitable, but it's not, you're just living your life and throwing a bit of money at the wall. They're actually taking time out of their life to like, think about you and what you would like, but you're saying they get something out of that. You're saying that they're, they're actually benefiting by giving you a gift. Is it better to give or receive? I feel like people say it's better to give than receive, but I think it's closer to being equal or it's a little bit better to receive. <laughs> How did you figure that? Uh, uh, I, he's got, he's got a big whiteboard behind him that. with the yeah. equation as he was figuring it out over the holidays. <laughs> I just noticed when I'm giving gifts, I'm a little bit nervous whether or not they're going to like it. And sometimes that stress isn't worth it. But anytime I'm receiving a gift, I'm not worried whether I'm going to like it or not. So mm. that feeling can be better. Um, I think, hmm, I would say it's always better to give, except if I have to go to Mm -hmm. a bunch of fucking malls and it stresses me out. Um, I think giving the gift of saying to my mom, Hey mom, I donated a hundred dollars to charity in your name. I think that's great. Um, and I, yeah, I gotta say getting gifts is pretty awesome. (laughs) (laughs) like i love getting gifts there you go (laughs) hey okay here's a question for you Uh, oh oh speaking of uh brent is calling me but uh i'm gonna he heard what you said about what you make what he makes (laughs) um yeah um okay here's a question okay so um i have four nieces and nephews there's like a 14 year old a 12 year old a 10 year old i think i'm getting this right and like a six-year-old and that's a lot of responsibility for Uncle Ma- Uncle Max, right? The 10-minute uncle. Usually I spend like 10 good <laughs> minutes with them and then I'm on my merry way and everybody feels good. Um, I hung out with a 14-year-old the other day and I haven't got them anything for Christmas. And I was thinking to myself how much I hate buying Christmas cards because, you, you know, you go to like – you don't want to go to the Shoppers Drug Mart because that looks too basic. And then you go to like a nice place – and it's like $9 a card. And you're like, Jesus Christ, like this is a lot of money just for a stupid car that will be thrown out in a matter of days. Uh, so Emma is quite artistic. So I said, hey, how about you make the cards for me? My Christmas gift to you is taking you to the art supply store. I'm going to commission you to make nine homemade Christmas cards. And they'll give you something to do over the holidays. I also bought her a book. And she's really chill. She's like, okay, cool. So I'm waiting for that to, to get delivered to my front door. So I can start giving out these Christmas cards on the 24th. Because uh, I'm right on time <laughs> Wait, with all this Emma? stuff. Um, it's his 14-year-old but, niece. Okay, Emma's yeah. my niece, the 14-year-old. This is. The I think this is a great idea. This is so a they, good idea. I think... I think that's cool. Okay, but now I got to think about what the other ones want. And I think most of them just want to spend time. If I'm like, hey, we're going to go for Chinese food or something, they'd love it. Um, you know, and I try to, you know, take them to events and stuff when it's not COVID. And, and they, I think, like spending time with me, which is cool. Okay, tell me if this is a ridiculous idea. I think the act of helping, and I'm inspired by um, Molly's article. And I'm thinking about people that of means that, are going down to this community fridge and dropping off food for people that could use the food. 
what if I, in a card, you know, designed by Emma, I say, hey, you're going to hang out with Uncle Max. We're going to go to the grocery store and we're going to drop some food off in a fridge. And then we'll go for hot chocolate. Is that a good enough Christmas? Am I teaching them a valuable life lesson? Do you think they're going to learn something and remember that? Because like, oh, you know, this is actually feels good to give back. You're kind of like teaching them stuff about being part of the community, about looking out for people that are less fortunate. Or is this a stupid like teaching, quote unquote, teaching moment? And I should shut the fuck up mm. and just get them a Spider-Man. Uh, they might think they're part of an elaborate Arkell's PR campaign, though. That's the only problem. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> Okay, and I'll put it. You've are, you're already talking about it though so much about charity in this episode, which I think is good. <laughs> but yeah, I think maybe the something yeah. better than the hot chocolate. I do think it is a good idea, and it's something they'll always remember. But I don't know. Like, do they care about having a hot chocolate with you that much? Now, here's what it is. Think about you. Think about 14-year-old Max. What would happen is, let's say your, your dad, instead of giving you Christmas gifts every year, brought you to do some charitable thing, and then you got a hot chocolate. At 14, you'd be like, fuck, I'd actually really just like a baseball glove like all my friends. But when you become an adult, as you tell the story at the pub, you'd be like, my dad used to do this. I, I really just wanted real presents. But looking back, I, I, res- I appreciate it. I respect it. Oh, so you think it's going to fall flat in the moment, but be appreciated in 10 years. I do. Yeah. Well, maybe not fall flat, but you just want real shit when you're a kid. You want real gifts like everybody else. I, but here's the thing. They don't even want real shit. Like, they're, they're, they're not that materialistic, which I give my sister and their dad a lot of credit for. Um, because, yeah, they, they seem unimpressed whenever I give them any, any like, material object. And I think I was like, hey, this is what we're going to do. We're going to go to the grocery store. We're going to learn a little bit what it's like to not have much. And then we're going to go out for Chinese food. That's pretty mm-hmm. cool. And then they'll look back on it like, oh, yeah, Uncle Max always used to take us to like drop off some stuff at a charity thing. And then in 20, you know, 10 years when they're in their 20s and they're mm-hmm. looking back and they'll feel good about it. What about that skydiving thing, that simulation where it's just like a big fan? <laughs> <laughs> that could work. That's an experience. Yeah, that's a different that. event. Let's do that with the pod, actually, once things uh, clear up a bit. Maybe that will be like a pod outing. That'd be awesome. You know what? Speaking of that, uh, in another group chat, we were talking about roller coasters. I've never been on a roller coaster. Whoa. And then I I forget who brought it up. Oh, I think uh, the nut said, oh, that would make for a great TikTok. 35-year-old man has never been on a roller coaster. And then you go on a roller coaster. I think that that TikTok could do well. But I'm like, I don't think I I would do that uh, (laughs) even for a great great TikTok. Yeah. just 35-year-old man obsessed mm-hmm. with TikTok is funny, too. <laughs> <laughs> obsessed with thinking of viral TikTok. Uh, <laughs> um, roller coasters. Okay, one, it's shocking to me that you've never been on one because you grew up in Toronto, which means you're right near Vine, which is, you know, famously anyone that lives in Ontario, Canada's Wonderland. Uh, Shane, I don't know how you feel. I know you've you've been on roller coasters, but like... I loved roller coasters as a kid. You'd go to like Wonderland, you'd get that map and you'd want to see if you could hit everything uh, in like the, you'd be there from like 10 to eight or whatever. You'd try and hit all of them and you'd, you'd do the map. However, I got to a point where I think I went, I think the last time I went to an amusement park, I was like maybe like 28 or something. And I went on a roller coaster, but the whole time I was terrified. I just kept looking at the nuts and bolts. I'm like, this isn't fun. This wow. isn't fun. Like my mortality is way too present in my mind. I know too much. I have too much to lose. My life is good. When I was a child, I didn't think about those things. So I I, I, I wonder how you would experience 
it as an adult, but for the first time would be crazy. Shane, how do you feel about amusement park rides now as an adult? First time I went on one, I was 18. I was always scared as a child. So anytime I went to an amusement park, I would go on the other rides that were not roller coasters. So you're very limited on what you can go on there. You know, I would just wait with my stepmom. Just like you and the teacups at 16 years old. Yeah. Teacups. There was a back to the future ride at Universal Studios. That was a virtual reality ride. And I would just go on that again and again. Uh, I, I shot a commercial at Canada's Wonderland a few years ago where we the whole park was shut down. And these people had to go on the roller coaster again and again and again for this commercial. And people got so sick. Yeah, it really turned me off of roller coasters. So I'm like the way you are right now. Um, did you guys ever go to any, because you're Hamiltonians, because you're Hamiltonians. Because <laughs> you're Hamiltonians. Uh, I don't know why. <laughs> Hamiltonians. Uh, I was talking to The Nut and uh, Dr. Savelli, and they were talking about union pic- picnics because their dads all worked for Stelco oh, or yeah. uncles. Did you guys ever go to union picnics? Yeah, I think they were always at Confederation Park. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I I went to a couple of those. Those were fun. I love water slides. Mike, did you ever go to Union Picnics? Any fond memories? Yeah, there were like things that would happen. Like, because like, yeah, my dad was a welder. And then my uncle Dave, my uncle Bob both worked at Camp Co., which was like another factory. So there would be these like Christmas events where kids would come and you could get a gift. And they would have families of the workers. You got it. Treated to this thing. Yeah. Yeah. But I was like young. I stopped like hitting those up by the time I was like 12 or 13. I, I had more important things to do, man. Mm. But uh, why do you ask? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I just, they, they were blown away thinking about union picnics because they haven't thought about a union picnic in a long yeah. time. Because uh, Savelli sent a picture of him wearing a Darien Lake hat. And then they started talking <laughs> about amusement parks. Yeah. Uh, and then they started talking about union picnics and just the various politics around union picnics, which is which is kind of fun to think about. But yeah. Um, hey, uh, I just got this um, tweet from uh, Ash about the NBA and nearing an agreement with the WNBA PA to lessen the quarantine period for COVID positive players, sources tell ESPN. In some testing cases, the current 10 day quarantine protocol could be shortened to clear players for return. Yeah. Do we do we mm-hmm. go into NBA stuff right now? Fuck it, let's do it. Well, guys, are we mm-hmm. not going to talk about the sketch show at all? I got to hear about the Grey Cup and fucking Mike who oh, shot something talk, on a handicap. I didn't know. How- <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, first of all, Shaney, I don't know how much we're going to talk about it and get into it. Like, do we want to reveal like elements about let's it? Let's talk about yeah, it. Yeah, it's, sm- it. it's a smashing. When- it's so, yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. So I don't want to talk about anything but the sketch Fuck show, it. By the fuck way. it. We're, we're, I'm trying to sit back and play it cool for it to come up organically. <laughs> and now I got to crowbar <laughs> my own flowers in here. Oh, yo, put it in the group before. I would have had it on the put topics it. list. It's so yeah, exciting. Then it seems like I'm begging for it, Mike. That's not cool. <laughs> Unlike First right on now. the agenda. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, when I make the topics, it's like every other week, it's like, okay, the first two segments are going to be about Arkells and what I've been up to. So just do it. Like, you know, that's so is, part I, of I, your personality. Yeah. Yeah. Also, also, <laughs> I truly didn't know, you know, as you know, as someone involved with the show, how much we were going to reveal here, like about where it's at and its development. But let's do it. The show is complete. It's mixed. It's mastered. It's, 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 it's been delivered. Uh, it is being pitched. There's, it's in an exciting time. But more importantly, a lot of people have seen it. Our our friends, our family. It's being sent around. Shaney, why don't you take it from there? How do you feel about it? How do you feel about its rollout thus far? This sort of very sort of, you know, non-super public rollout. It's not like we're putting it up anywhere, but people have seen it and the feedback has been great. Yeah, I feel good about it. I guess the discussion I wanted to have was more how did Max feel about it? Max was the first person to watch it. 
outside of the group who made it. And obviously, Mike was a huge part of the gang. There was, what, five or six people are in the gang? Jillian Smart, Jonathan Poplis, Mike Veerman, Mark Myers directing, and Adamo Adamo, Barbieri. But you were the first person outside of that core group of five or six people to see it. And I didn't know when I sent it that you were at a get-together of sorts. Yeah, break Mm -hmm. it down for us. Max, tell us that story. It was okay. It was great. Well, first of all, a little more context. Do we tell the name? The name of the show is the dessert. Can we say that? Sure. Could change so but far. Yeah, yeah, I think it, we it can could tell change. It. Yeah, that's what we called the yeah, pilot. It, it's a pilot that's been made. It's a sketch comedy show. Uh, the references that come to mind are: I think you should leave uh, with Tim Robinson, uh, Kids in the Hall, uh, Portlandia to a degree. But I'd say it's closest to I think you should leave um, in terms of like the zaniness of it. Would, would you say that's accurate, Shane? I'd say it's a good hybrid between Kids in the Hall and I think you should leave. With the hand okay. of Portlandia um, just because it's a man and a woman too. So it's that vibe. Yeah. And and as as you mentioned, you you wrote the, the show with Mike and John Popolis, Mark Myers, who's our dear friend, directed our Kells videos, and Jillian Smart and Adomo. Ad- Adamo? Adamo? I've been calling Adamo. him Adamo, but I don't say his name too much. I try to rush it a little bit. And his last name might be harder than his first, so I just – yeah, I try not to say his name a lot. A.B. Let's just call him A.B. <laughs> yeah. Now, why this is uh, interesting is that we all have great um, belief in your comedy chops, uh, each one of you. Um, But comedy is a funny thing because when you choose to watch something, it really depends on your mood in some cases, whether you find something funny. Like there's been some great like critically acclaimed comedy specials that I watch and I go, huh. I don't think it's that funny, but maybe I'm by myself or maybe I'm not in the mood for it. There's also other other sketches um, on I Think You Should Leave that I don't think are funny at all that other people would say are the funniest of them all. Um, there's also episodes of Kirby Enthusiasm, which I don't get or think that are that great. And then I watch them the second time and I go, oh, that's maybe my favorite episode of Kirby Enthusiasm ever. So the reason why it was fun to watch the pilot, which I've been bugging you for for weeks, is that I happen to be with The Nut, our friend Brent our buddy AJ, who I mentioned earlier, the great gift giver, uh, and Savelli. And we were probably, I don't know, we were having, it was a Friday night. We probably had like three or four drinks in us. We get the text from you. And I said, guys, stop. We're watching this. It's 12 minutes long. Um, And immediately I'd heard about the Michael Jordan skit. And I was so excited for that. Big belly laughs at the turn, um, at sort of the gotcha You watched it on a phone Um, or a TV? No, no, we put it on the Nuts big screen TV. It was oh, an wow. awesome, it was dark outside. Everybody was in a jolly mood. Everybody was like really invested because it wasn't like a, who's this random person who we have to watch on TV right now. It's like everybody knows you guys. Um, second skit, uh, which is the Kiss skit, which is amazing. Huge laughs there. Third skit was the washroom one that stars Jillian and a John Poppas' wife, who I went to high school with, Sarah Carpentier, who's like I've known for 20 years, also hilarious. Um, the fourth one, I, for people listening, you're like, what the fuck? Is, we don't know any of these references. Um, it's only five altogether. Uh, There's six. The fourth one yeah. lost lost me a little bit. Um, but I but after talking to you, the point of that skit in some ways was to demonstrate that you were able to pull off and execute a style of tv that has like higher production value so there's like special effects there's a theme song that's sung by mike that is excellent um it kind of it's an it's probably one of the stranger ones um 
And then the last one uh, is bathroom humor again, which got a big belly laugh. So overall, I was like, this is excellent. I was so excited that we didn't have to lie to you guys because mm-hmm. I know how long you and hard you've worked on it. And it is always weird. And by the way, I've been in this position before where like you have a new song or an album and you're so excited to show people. And, you know, sometimes you can be like, hey, great song. And other ones are like, oh, this is the one. And I think the reaction from everybody was like, oh, that's really good. And I want to say that like comedy is just, I was thinking about it this week. It's about as hard as it gets, you know, when it comes to, um, you know, approval from people. I think you can make arty stuff that is weird, but obviously arty and well done. You can make dramas that are, but I think comedy is just almost impossible uh, <laughs> to, to make Good. Oh, yeah. And we you, sent it to Greg uh, Veerman, who we've talked about quite a bit recently. And all the skits that seemed to go over with other people did not go over with him. But the ones that didn't go over as much, like you're saying, talking about the fourth and fifth skit, he loved the most. Interesting. He liked the fourth one. Yes. The, the ghost the, one and, and the you, Twitter one he thought were the coolest. And, okay, and the what, what, uh, sixth one, too. Yeah. And I ask this question because I'm always curious to get notes on new music from people that are like an outside the inner circle who don't have no context. It's just like, do you like the song or not? Is it, does it hit or not? And who's given the most sort of like critical feedback that it has been helpful? Cause like, I don't know how helpful my feedback has totally been because I'm like, I think it's great. I think people, as long as people are like watching it in the context that I've experienced it in, it's obviously going to be no brainer, but like, do people who don't know you think it's as funny? Do people who aren't as invested in it thinks it's great? Like, you know what I mean? Like that kind of thing. Like, have you been able to get sort of like, you know, strangers feedback and how, what's that been like? You were the most positive and the most critical at the same time. You <laughs> did it. The way you let me know the news was interesting because you called me on speakerphone and you wanted to play a game <laughs> about it. You're like, hey, Shane, yeah, we're, I'm here with the guys. Yeah, hey, everybody. And, and everyone's like, yeah, like we, we liked it or whatever in the background. And then you said, <laughs> so I'm instantly confident. But then you go, which one do you think we all like the best? And at that point, all I had heard was that the, the last skit, which is a little bit of a cruder sketch, was the best. And I'm like, uh, the last one? And you're like, Ugh, no, no, n- n- not that one. And then, so I was like, oh, there was some misses here. You made it seem like they were all hits the way you uh, approached it, but there were some misses. And then I said, uh, the kiss. And it was like, yeah, yeah, the kiss was good. We liked the kiss. And then I'm like, I don't know. I like the Jordan one. You're like, Jordan. And then everyone kind of, (laughs) and then we went over the rest of the sketches and you were down on that fourth and fifth sketch. With the ghost and the, the I think I'm more I'm I'm more into the fifth one now. I've watched it like probably six times now, so I've watched it a bunch of times. Um, anyone else uh, give you feedback from like from uh, arm's length? But what I like about the pilot is it seems to cross everyone, and that's the way we designed it. So some would hit and some would miss, but it would show a wide array of styles. I find that's the, the same thing with Arkell's albums a lot of the times, where it's just like, oh, I can tell who's going to like the rock stuff. I can tell who's going to like the sort of quieter, ballady stuff. I know who's going to like the poppy stuff. So it's like, that's good that there's a cross-section of people. And you know what's funny, too? Like, I was watching I Think You Should Leave with Tim Robinson last night, and there's some skits that are just so fucking funny that I've watched five times, and each time makes me laugh and howl. And there's other skits where I'm like, oh, nope. 
this is my fifth time watching, still don't get it, still don't think it's funny at all. So I think that's sort of like, I think the nature of bizarro sketch comedy uh, that you guys are chasing down is that like, you know, like there, it will appeal to certain certain people's sensibilities. Yeah. Hey, Mike, um, in, in terms of, um, you know, I can imagine how many opinions there were when it came to the edit because it's all the magic's in the edit to a degree. Obviously, the performances are great and the sound design's great and the direction's great, but like how it's executed. What 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 do you think? What were all the hardest moments to sort of talk through with with the team as to like get a get some kind of agreement on? Yeah, well, I mean, it, like the way that we this thing's kind of been set up is it's like like Shane said, you sort of have a core group that are like looking at things, but I think anyone that's ever done anything creative, like in a group setting is you can't have too many voices sort of trying to give like overwhelmed with notes on the edit and Mark Myers directed and edited all like the whole thing. And so obviously he's going to have like um, choices that he makes. And then you sort of like, we're all looking at the edits as they come in and we're making notes for me personally. I'm unless I'm like sitting next to or like I'm like a sole voice driving. I'm only giving a note if I think that it's like super egregious or I'm asked. And it was a t- the turnaround was insane because we had to hit a certain date for uh, f- reasons to pitch the show and all that stuff. So it's not like we had a month to sit with these edits, go back in. First of all, Mark's edits were awesome off the top. That's the other thing. It's like mm-hmm. the baseline of what you're working with is already stellar. So then any notes you're giving are usually slight preference things. Like you said, comedy subjective, right? So like a frame here or a frame there. Um, yeah, the way those conversations worked were great. It's like, you'd see an edit, uh, between like Shane, uh, myself and John and then Mark, we'd sort of pipe in with what, you know, was maybe like super pressing or not. And then I think my new stuff that was like Shane and Mark either on a zoom or together, sort of like really getting it and then seeing the, the piece. Shane, would you say that's accurate? Yeah. There was hours of discussion before it even got to the edit of how it would be edited. And then after it was edited, there was more hours of discussion and minor debates. It's it's the same thing with uh, with music in, to a degree where it's just like, no, the logical next step is to go to the bridge here or something. And then and most of the time the, the you follow that rule because after the second chorus, the going to the bridge makes sense. But then like sometimes you're like, no, no, we're going to do, you know, an orchestra breakdown that replicates the intro or something. They're like, huh? And then you have to go, no, it just makes sense. It, it, it feels good. That is that is the thing that will resonate with the listener the most is this oddball idea. Trust me. And it, and, that, and those are hard conversations to have sometimes when you when you have a when you have a hunch and, you know, time will tell if, if, if that's the correct move. But I, I know what you guys mean. Um, so assuming the show, uh, you know, is, is picked up and it's all going in the right direction and you guys have to write. Uh, you know, 40 more skits. And these skits are anywhere between, you know, two and five minutes or a minute and four minutes, say. Um, are you stressed out about that? I talked about this off air, off the top. But I was think- I was stressed out thinking about you guys this week going, oh, God, 40, 45 skits in the next couple months that have to be excellent. I know how hard you guys worked on the pilot. Mm-hmm. But you have- if you're doing six more episodes, God damn. That's a lot. The, how do you how, how do you how do you feel? It's just too fun where there's no pressure and it doesn't feel like work and it's almost easy because when you're excited, your brain helps you out with ideas and gives you energy too. Like for for instance, well, okay. like for instance, this this pilot that you saw, which is six sketches or five if you consider the two sketches that had a, has an interesting cinematic sort of sketch within a sketch, um, two sketches. 
to get to those six, there's like, what's the document have? Something like 58, Shane, or something like that? Yeah, and that's like like around there, yeah. So there's almost 60 sketches that got us here that were basically like discussed and then we table read like whatever it was, 20, I don't know how many. And then so it basically whittles down from there and that's how you got to the six. So it's like there is a well from the past and like Shane said, ideas are, they're, they're constantly generating for what is coming. But just on its very own, there was so much in the well to get to these six and to Shane's point, stuff got cut just for practical reasons, meaning we couldn't afford to do it. Because again, this thing was very much like an out-of-pocket pilot at first. So it was like, what can we shoot where we can beg, borrow, and steal, use locations mm-hmm. like people's houses? And then there was other sketches that took place in like a restaurant where it's like, you, how the fuck are we going to get a restaurant in a pandemic with no money to rent a location? Like so many of those like um, conversations and dynamics were at play in what got us here. But I think what it does is it makes you confident going forward that the well is not like drying up anytime soon. Hey, is the bathroom skit filmed at our buddy Josh's office? Yes, that was huge. Getting that. Big Can I send that to him? Yeah, that's a Maxi. Yeah. Maxi, props to you for getting that location. Listen, okay. So uh, the backstory there is that you guys needed a bathroom for uh, in an office building. And most office buildings have so much COVID protocol right now that it's impossible to have like a crew of 15, 20 people in there filming without a, a lot of red tape. So my buddy Josh, who runs a very cool startup, uh, I called him and he has a building in Liberty Village, a floor in Liberty Village, and it's no one's really there right now. And I was like, hey, my my friends are trying to film this thing. Can they use your bathroom? And he's like, yeah, cool. And you guys just kind of got to go there on a Sunday and just like use it willy-nilly. Oh, yeah. Was that it? Yeah. Oh, and and it, was it was great. the perfect washroom. Yeah. Yeah, perfect washroom. So um, on the way, uh, before before we were recording this pod, I was listening to Bill Simmons talk to James Miller. I think that episode was from maybe a little while ago. But James Miller did the book uh, on ESPN, the retrospective on ESPN, the retrospective on SNL, and he has a retrospective on HBO. And they're just talking about like the all the personalities that make HBO what it is all the difficulties they had with the, with the various executives and the talent and et cetera, et cetera. And it made me want to be a studio head. This is kind of, I was like, I think I'd be a great studio head. So, uh, you know, I, uh, I uh, got you the bathroom uh, for one of those skits. I also helped with the theme song of the show. The theme song so, is amazing. That's oh, it's incredible. So good. Greg Veerman suggested using this guy named John Smith from a, originally from a band called Young Rival. Mm. So he put yep. together the opening for us. That in conjunction with the theme song really set the whole tone for the show and got everyone so pumped for how cool the show's vibe is going to be. I, I, I makes me so happy that uh, it's worked out because I, I think the song's awesome. And But the fact that it has this home to live in is very, very cool and very, very satisfying to me personally. But I want to be a studio head. So I know I might be listed as an executive producer. Yeah, you got a title, Max. Uh, like what, you're all over what, this. What, 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 I'm all over it. So, um, but do you guys think I'd be a good studio head? I don't know exactly what that means. Yeah, but could I be a you studio have head that perfect thing. Yes. Oh yeah. Stu- st- a lot time. of studio heads have this oblivious nature to them, where they're so <laughs> en- <laughs> like they're so enthusiastic, they don't care if someone else is has an appetite to even see something. And I feel like you have that to a T, <laughs> and your enthusiasm can bulldoze over anyone. Yes. Oh, good. And it helps that you're it helps that you're famous and successful in an, in in a creative mm. field already. So it's like mm. I like 
your your particular brand of sort of excitement and sort of like uh, 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 um, sort of need to share things and get people pumped up. I feel like it's bulletproof because of who you are and what you've achieved in your career. So you're actually the perfect sort of uh, champion for the show. And I think you'd be a great studio head because they're very good at delegating. And you've already described mm-hmm. how you hired your niece to make Christmas cards for the rest of the family <laughs> so you don't have to do it, but you'll give her the supplies. That's studio head magic right there. It's all lined and up. They you know, for me as a studio head so go ahead Shane they always have a quality the best studio heads where you can't get angry at them so it's like I'm gonna go fucking in there punch them right in the face but you're so disarming you'll be like hey want a cookie Uh, hey look at these candies and it's really hard to get mad at you not that I've ever really wanted to but I couldn't imagine I, I imagine if I wanted to rush in your office and really give it to you you would totally calm the situation down through, mm. I don't know, how you are. Do you have any notes for me, though, in terms of the notes I should be giving you guys back? Is it because you know, sometimes I'm annoying, though. I can imagine like my style of delivery when it comes to constructive feedback. I want to be better at my job as an executive producer. Is there anything, should I be more blatantly honest with you? Do you like the way I wrap up my ideas and deliver them to you? No, it's good because the stuff that you don't like, you're honest about it. And it doesn't hurt me as much because I just think, oh, that sketch isn't meant for a person like Max. Like I knew like when we were doing the very last sketch, there's a very last moment that crosses the line. And I'm, I was thinking a guy like Max is going to think this is a little too far and give a like a come on thing. And that's exactly what you uh, gave me. You were yeah, like, Shane, sure, that's you, you got to cut that out, that that part. <laughs> And that's why we went there on that last sketch and cut to the credits at that moment. All right, guys. So once again, uh, even though this final segment was supposed to be about Shane and Mike's show, I've made it successfully. I've made it about myself. Of course. uh, Once again. (laughs) I'm the star of this segment. (laughs) You know what? This was a very unique episode in the sense that we got to absolutely no topics. This was a completely topicless episode in the real world. You piped in slightly with an NBA thing, but literally for the holiday episode, we just hung out, guys. I love it. I love it. I love you guys. Well, I had written down, is it better to give or receive in my notes? So in a way, that was a topic. Mm, we got there. there. Yeah, we Hailed it. We got there. All right. Uh, Merry Christmas to anybody that celebrates and happy holidays to everyone else. We will do another pod before the new year, but this is it until everybody uh, sort of uh, as they go into the new year. So that's it. That's all. That's our episode, right? Yeah. So, happy holidays, guys. Happy holidays.